All right, today's explosive episode of Winning with Taylor Loader is going to be about UFC 241. Uh, since I lost the main event bet, this episode is brought to you, unfortunately, by No Filter MMA. Check him out on YouTube. A uh, guy does a lot of phenomenal uh, interviews. He had one good pick in the last six months, and it was Stipe. Congrats. Uh, but yeah, I'm just going to get into UFC 241. My thoughts on uh, the three main the three main uh, card fight winners. So let's just fucking dive into this shit. Okay. We, we are back. UFC 241 was last weekend, and it was... Oh, it was... It was epic. If that's, I mean, it was just fantastic. I mean, the prelims were, eh, they were all right. Uh, the real action was the main card. We're just gonna go through the prelims just really fast because they doesn't really matter at all. Uh, Sabina Mazo looked fantastic. She destroyed Shana Dobson. Uh, Brandon Davis got lost to Kyung Ho Kang, who actually looked pretty good. I was pretty stoked for him. Hannah Cyphers beat Jody Escobar, not really a big deal. Casey Kenny beat Manny Bermudez on the ground, which I didn't see coming. That was pretty cool. Uh, Jakar Close uh, defeated Cristiano Gallegos. Gallegos. That fight was actually pretty great. Uh, that was part of the night if uh, it wasn't for Paulo Costa and Yoel Romero. Uh, Corey Sanhagen beat uh, Rafael Sansao. Wasn't the most exciting fight. Uh, pretty technical. Corey Sanhagen, I picked him to win by decision. He looked fantastic. Uh, Kamaha Worthy defeated Devontae Smith by TKO. That I didn't see coming. That was insane. That, uh, good for him, man. He took this fight on, like, he accepted the fight on Sunday and then came in on Saturday and just beat ass. So that was fucking cool. Okay, now, main card, baby. Derek Brunson actually got it done. Ah, uh, so... Tim Watson. I was talking to this guy on Facebook. He has a podcast, Knucklehead. Knuckleheads, I think. Hold on, let me pull it up on my phone. Anyways, yeah, he was saying that Derek Brunson's striking was going to be the difference, and I, I I, didn't know. I just didn't know. Oh, yes, yeah, so it's called Knuckleheads MMA Podcast on iTunes. Check that shit out. Uh, yeah, he said the striking of Derek Brunson was going to be the difference, and I disagreed. I thought it was going to be the wrestling, and I was 100% wrong. It was the strike of Derek Brunson and the pace. Uh, Ian Heinish tried to out-cardio him in the first round, tried to overwhelm him, and it just didn't work. Derek Brunson was there, and he landed some good crisp strikes, uh, controlled the range, controlled really basically everything, uh, and then, yeah, he won by unanimous decision. That was uh, so good for Derek Brunson, you know? I didn't think he was going to be able to do it, but uh, the guy pulled it off, so, you know, what, what can you say? What, what can you say? You can't say anything, because he did it. So good for Derek Brunson. Uh, he ain't still ain't shit, but good for him. Okay. This next one, fuck. Again, Tim Watson was right about this one. Sadiq Youssef destroyed Gabriel Benitez. Ah, man, Gabriel Benitez started out strong. He started out good. I think he even dropped uh, Sadiq Youssef early. And I, th I thought the pressure of Gabriel was going to be enough. He's going to get him and just keep him against the cage and just overwhelm him with strikes. And that power of Sadiq, my God, looked fantastic. Clipped him, dropped him, had him hurt, and just didn't let him recover. And then dude just finished him off with strikes. It was... Sadiq Yusuf's body the fuck up. His legs are massive. I don't know why he doesn't throw more head kicks. He should probably look into that. I mean, what? why not when you're just wrecking people with your fucking fists? 
So good for Sadiq Yusuf. He looked fantastic. He was one of, one of the most impressive fighters in the card. How that boy makes featherweight, I'll never know. But I'm glad he can do it. Good for him because he looked phenomenal. It's just, I mean, just the kid looked great. I was wrong. Everything I said that Gabriel Benitez was, gonna, was going to be able to do, Sadiq Yusuf actually ended up doing. So good for Sadiq. I'm, I'm actually really impressed with him. I can't wait to see him in the future. Oh, this next fight. Oh, my God. I'm going to play something really quick, and this is just how I feel. All right, that's for all the haters who didn't believe in Paulo Costa. Didn't think he could do it. My man went in there and did the damn thing. It was, wow, what a fight. Not only did Paulo Costa win the fight, he did it in style. Oh, what a brawl. As soon as the bell rang, they were just at it, just left and right hooks, just bam, 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 bam. Oh, did Paulo Costa go into the body, go into the head, dropped Yoel. Looks like Yoel's in trouble. Yoel comes back, drops Paulo Costa. It was fantastic. Then Paulo Costa, I think, won the fight. He easily won the first two rounds, just with volume, pressure. He was landing. Like, what does it take to finish Yoel Romero? Because, my God, he was eating everything. To the body, to the head, eating clean shots. And he didn't even look like it phased him. I mean, he, he, he won't give him the third round, 10-9. But anyone who says that Yoel Romero got robbed wasn't watching the same thing. Now, after the fight ended, I'll be honest, I was a little drunk. But then I watched it again yesterday, 100% sober. And yeah, Paul Costa still won. Two, two rounds to one. So anyone who's saying that Yoel was robbed, fuck out of here. He didn't get robbed. All right, he lost, fair and square. But it was fantastic. It showed to me a lot about Paulo Costa. That boy is ready for the top of the division. I mean, he was slowing down a little bit towards the end. But I mean, the power was still there. The volume was still there. The pressure was still there. Uh, could he hang with Robert Whitaker? I don't think so. But could he hang with Israel Adesanya? I believe so. But anyone who said that he wasn't ready for the top of the division, that he was too green, that he just he wasn't fighting anybody, I'll give you the highest profile name he fought up to that point was Johnny Hendricks, former champion at 170, who had no business being at 185, if we're being honest. Then the Uriah Hall fight where he took some damage. Paulo Costa did, but he also knocked him out as well. This fight... He was ranked 7 going into this, beat the, uh, I mean, officially ranked number 2, but in my opinion, is the second best middleweight in the world. Should be ranked number 1 contender, but uh, obviously Israel is ranked number 1 because of the interim title, whatever bullshit that is. But Paulo Costa, he showed a lot of what he was made of in that fight, and I, I was impressed. I knew he was going to win, and I was still super impressed with how Costa made it look. So good for him, man. I mean, ugh. I think, yeah, I think he just waits out the winner for uh, and fights the winner of Izzy and Robert Whitaker. And he said he wants to be, he's going to root for Izzy because he wants to kill that guy. You know, metaphorically kill him in the cage, whatever. But that is still, I mean, classic. What what a fight. That sh oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, it's going to suck for him when he's going to have to fight Robert Whitaker because Robert Whitaker is going to beat Israel Adesanya. But Paulo Costa showed that he really he is top level. He's ready for this division. And I hope he can make 185 for at least two more fights. I think it's, uh, it's an eventuality for both these men to go to 205. I think UL should go to 205 now. He's lost to Robert Whitaker twice. 
however controversial the second one was, it's still a loss. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see where both those fighters go from here. But uh, yeah, I would not if I was Paulo Costa. I'm not picking up my phone for anything less than a title shot. That's just that's for sure. So good for him. That actually got fight of the night. I mean, which it should have because it was just a 15 minute war. Uh, anyone who picked Paulo Costa to finish, I didn't agree with that. Or you all to finish, I didn't agree with that either. I thought this would go to decision. I didn't know it was going to be Sockham, Rockham, Sockham Robots. It was fantastic. So good for them. Uh, great fight. Uh, just a way to kick off the uh, last three fights of that card. Uh, now we move to the co-main event. The return of Nate Diaz against Anthony Showtime Pettis at 170. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm just going to get in this real quick. Ring rust. People talk about it all the time. Uh, it is a real thing for certain fighters. Who it's not a real thing for are these three fighters right here. Tony Ferguson, uh, Dominic Cruz, when eventually, when he does come back every three or four years, and uh, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz looked like he hadn't missed a day. I mean, he didn't in the gym. He's been training this entire time. But just like fight-wise, you just and you don't see their training footage, so no one really knows. That boy looked good. I mean, he said he did get tired, but that's just because he wanted to start fast because it's been three years. He didn't want to be nervous or have any jitters, which I get. And, I mean, he still – he wore down Anthony Pettis, hurt him, and I think knocked him down in the third round with just knees in the clinch. But Nate Diaz just outworked him from the get-go. And Anthony Pettis broke his uh, his bone, which is typical for any Anthony Pettis fight. Uh, he says he broke it on Nate's head in the first round. I watched that fight yesterday. He didn't even kick him in the head in that round. He maybe kicked him in the head in the second round, but I think it was on a leg kick that got checked, and I think it was his ankle, not his foot. Anyways, I just knew. Me and my cousin were talking. We knew Anthony Pettis was going to injure. We were talking after the first round, like, when do you think he uh, he makes the injury or he breaks something? Because it always happens. It's Anthony Pettis. He's fragile. But anyways, Nate Diaz looked good. Looked good on the ground. Looked good standing up. Uh, I'd like to see more uh, uh, range strikes, strikes at distance. Uh, he played it really close to the chest and just dirty boxed. I mean, there is, I love watching a Diaz dirty box. It is phenomenal how good they are. They just land. Now, yeah, as soon as he fell in Anthony Pettis fading, he just kept turning the pressure up, turning it up and up and up, and he just wore him down and then won the unanimous decision. And then uh, you call that Jorge Masvidal. It's probably the most respectful call-out I've ever heard Nate Diaz say. But he said him and Jorge Masvidal are the only real gangsters left in this game. And that he wants to defend the baddest motherfucker getting the game title against Jorge Masvidal. Street Jesus, baby. And Jorge Masvidal said earlier this week, or last week, that if uh, Nate Diaz won, he would like that fight. I, oh my god. I have to watch that fight alone because I'm going to be rock hard the entire time. That is a main event fight. I want to see five rounds and I want both those boys to get paid. That is a pay-per-view main event you could put on that would sell. That's a Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, excitement level non-title main event in a pay-per-view that we're talking about. That's it. I know they're getting, they want to put championships on, on the line for every for every pay-per-view. You don't have to. You let those boys fight for five rounds. You let them catch the fuck in. And that is, oh my God, that's the fight. But Nate Diaz, man, he said he's back. He's going to fight more regularly. But he wants to fight real mixed martial artists, not people who uh, who think that they're better than everybody else. He wants to fight real martial artists. So I cannot wait for that. That's going to be phenomenal. Oh, just Nate Diaz. Welcome back, buddy. 209 Stockton motherfuckers. Nick Diaz army. Oh boy. I can't wait to see him in street Jesus. 
I'm be shocked if they're not, if they're not already in ne negotiations, honestly. Oh, man. Now this, this brings us to the main event. Uh, as you know, I had a $100 bet with BJ Johnson from No Filter MMA. Check him out on YouTube. Uh, I lost. Uh, going in that fourth round, I knew, I, just, I, I was just like, dude, as long as DC is awake at the end of this fight, he's going to win. He was teeing off on Stipe, making it look easy. I mean, Stipe, I don't know what, he, it took him so long, but to get started and actually do what I said. In my breakdown, I tell everybody, the, and even on my article at oneupmma.com, check it out. I put It's just like John Jones showed. If you go to the body, it opens up the head on DC. It took Stipe four rounds to get there. I mean, he got there. And he won the fight by impressive KO in the fourth round. Good for him. Uh, everybody says he's the heavyweight GOAT. I think he's the most accomplished. But I think in prime for prime, I just think Cain Velasquez was better. But, I mean, I'm a known Cain Velasquez hater now because I think that he's overrated as of right now. I think in his prime, he was the best all time. But he's just too injured. He's too fragile. He's too broken. Stapia right now is the best heavyweight in the world. Uh, I think he's going to fight France and got him next. It doesn't matter. We'll get into that. But anyway, in my breakdown, yeah, the body shots will open up the head. Sure enough, they did. Stipe started going to the body in the fourth round, and it opened up the head, and he was able to finish uh, DC. That sucked. I'm not going to lie. I mean, but I mean, I was kind of happy just because the fight played out almost exactly how I thought it was going to with Stipe, not Stipe, DC keeping it close. Uh, he was surprisingly at a longer range than I thought, but he was still getting in his face, putting the pressure, and just teeing up on Stipe's face. Stipe's face was marked up. And then that fourth round, baby, Stipe just turned it around and came back and looked fantastic doing it. Did a weird, like, Irish jig afterwards, which he apologized for, like, good, because that was fucking awkward and weird. You're not Irish. But, uh, anyways, yeah, Stipe, man. Like, hats off to BJ. I mean, he didn't exactly call it. All he called was Stipe was going to win. He didn't say how. I actually had the strategy down and how exactly he was going to do it, and it played out that exact same way. So good for me, but good for BJ for believing in his fighter and taking the $100 bet. Uh... We'll square that away. We'll talk to him on his show, hopefully either before the Jessica Andrade fight. But yeah, good for Stipe, man. He did it. I'll tell you, I think Francis is next. And I don't... I mean, a lot of people are giving Francis a better shot than I am. I understand it takes only one. It takes one shot from Francis and Ghanem to end a fight. But I just think that he'll never beat uh, Stipe. I just think Stipe will do the same thing he did to him in the first fight. I don't think Francis' grappling has gotten any better. I don't think his conditioning has gotten any better. I mean, sure, he can win. He could absolutely win just with one hammer just to the face, and it's over. That's all it takes with Francis. I just think Stipe is going to be too smart. Uh, I don't know if there's a heavyweight on the roster right now, an active heavyweight, that could beat Stipe Miocic. I think John Jones will give him a run, but John Jones is reluctant to go to heavyweight. We'll see. His money talks. I think that another day would pay him a fuck ton of money for that, and I think Stipe would be in it for it because he would make a fuck ton of money. But I think that would have to be after the Francis fight because Francis is next. He has to be. But I, yeah, again, I don't, I give, you know, Francis a, the typical puncher's chance. I just think Stipe's better. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah, that was, it was so, it's just a great night of fights, man. The main card was great. I mean, I wasn't bored at all. I mean, the first two fights, well, the first fight I was just talking shit about Derek Brunson the whole time, even though he won. Second fight was uh, Sadiq Yusuf lit it up. And then, yeah, the last three were just, oh, man. Uh, we got this week off, which is going to be weird, but it's going to be kind of nice not to have to worry about a fight or anything like that. Uh, the next fight is August 31st. It is my girl. Oh, man, my future ex-wife and baby mama, Jessica 
Andraj. Mm, mm. I love that girl. Woo, she's the background on my phone. That's how much I like that girl. Uh, she's gonna. I think she's gonna destroy this Asian girl. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it works. I think it's gonna be a fucking war. But I think Jessica Andraj is gonna walk out there, and just put lay it on her like she did uh, against Carolina and Claudia. I think she's gonna win, and I hope she gets a bonus. If she gets one more post fight bonus, she will tie Ronda Rousey for the most bonuses by a, a woman in uh, the UFC all time with seven. She has three fight of the nights, which is I mean, it's, it sounds doesn't sound like a lot, but in women's MMA, that's the most all-time. She's second in bonuses all-time with six. Yeah, Ronda Rousey is the only one who has more. I think Jessica Andrade, I, I don't think, I think Ioana could maybe beat her, and I think maybe Rose could get her again. But until that happens, my girl's on top, reigning strawweight champion. That's really, uh, I mean, John Jones is being some petty to DC, but I get it. He's like, GC, it was actually kind of funny. When he was talking shit about uh, DC's pay and how DC said that it's all about the money now, and he would John Jones would fight him for the money because DC's making a fuck ton, and then John made a joke about it. It was hilarious. Uh, Nate Diaz trolled Henry Cejudo right to his fucking face <laughs> afterwards in the post fight show. He was talking about how these new champs come in; they've only been in the, in the UFC for a couple years. They think they deserve all this big time money, all this attention and shit. While Henry Cejudo's standing right there, knowing he's talking about him, it was <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, God. Yeah, I just want to pop in. Congrats to uh, BJ Johnson. He fucking, he was right. I was wrong. Good for him. Uh, it was a phenomenal fight. Good for Stipe. Back, reclaimed his title. And as I said before, I for the, 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 the meaningfulness of the division, I wanted Stipe to win. DC has maybe one more fight, and that's a huge maybe with how this fight turned out. But I just, for the health of the heavyweight division, I wanted Stipe to win because there's some more options. Francis, John, I mean, um, Fuck, uh, Walt Harris is coming up, so it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna it's gonna the heavyweight division's alive and well. I think there's a couple more contenders before Stipe can say he cleaned it out. But my man is he's back on top. It's good for Stipe. I hope his next fight's in Ohio. I really do. I want to see that kid just light up an arena at home. At home. I hope it's in Cleveland again because that is where he shines. Uh, yeah, that's really all I got today, folks. So just a quick one. Just wanted to get in a UFC 241 recap. Uh, we'll be, see if we can. We'll be back next week. We'll probably just next week was when we'll get into the uh, card, the heavy, the uh, sorry, the China card with Jess Condrage and Wei Li Zhang. So just yeah, until then, just remember the world. There are winners and there are losers. Unfortunately, we lost, but here at winning, that's still all we do. <laughs>